This is the ATM at the Minute podcast, episode number seventy-one, setenta y uno, I believe. And what language is that? That's Spanish. Oh, sorry. I thought you were speaking <laughs> German again or something. No, that's uh, sieben or uns Zipsig. Uns und Zipsig sounds right. I ein, took German ein, for four years. I should know. Ein Zipsig. That's right. Anun Zipsig. Yeah, that sounds better. Okay, but anyways, this is the ATM at the Minute podcast. I am Peter Mitchell here with Jackson Stover. NBA starts today as you're listening to this, and we are here today to talk about some of the latest news the past week, what we've seen from the scrimmages, what we're looking forward to, the NBA awards because the ballots are in from the media, and we're going to hit on our first team All-NBA from this season we are so glad basketball is back. Jackson, you have anything else to add to that? No, obviously, we're just going to talk about everything you possibly could NBA related, and I yeah. couldn't be happier. I've missed this. Yeah, so let's get right into it. Let's start with Tom Thibodeau being hired by the New York Knicks, signing a five-year deal. Uh, Leon Rose and Worldwide West, those are CAA guys, and Thibodeau's been a CAA client for a long time. They're getting in a friendly face to coach that team, try to steer the ship. And people don't seem to really like the hire thus far. I would be one of those people. I mean, one question I have for you is how many years of this contract does Tibbs make it through if you had to guess? Surely not more than three, right? Okay, I can't predict the actual number, but I will say over two and a half. Okay, that's better than all the other Knicks coaches we've seen in the last decade. Yeah, I just don't think Tibbs is a guy that you bring in and dump off like that. I mean, he's too well-respected. He was an assistant for over 20 years in the NBA. He's had success with those amazing Bulls teams. He got the T-Wolves up to the four seed. That's an insane thing to say out loud. And I think with time and with patience, this could be a really great hire. I guess when you frame it like that, I just never really think of Tom Thibodeau as a coach that succeeded a ton. I mean, he did have a nice little run there with the Bulls, but he's never won anything. You know, I kind of think of him as just like a defensive Mike D'Antoni at best. Like like a sure, defensive it's, coordinator, it's a nice, not a head coach. Right. Like it's a nice name. You know, it, it's a cool household name hire. But realistically, is Tom Thibodeau going to go get you a ring in the next five to 10 years if you're the Knicks? I just don't see it. And I'm not sure the Thibodeau-Dolan pairing is going to be awesome. I mean, I'm not sure Dolan can get along with anyone, but I don't know. I'm skeptical. I'm definitely not on the same page as you right now. Well, if I had to explain or say how I felt about it in two words, I would say cautiously optimistic. I think that's the best way to describe that. And if you think they're hiring to win or hiring him to win a ring, I mean, come on, let's be realistic. This team doesn't have. I just mean win anything at this yeah. point. I'm being honest. Well, my whole deal is we saw what he did with the Bulls. He got the most out of those guys every single night, maybe a little too much because, you know, the injuries ramped up and that could be a reason why he never won anything. You know, okay. D Rose goes down. Um, in Minnesota, he didn't have the dogs. Wiggins and Cat were not the guys to, you know, bring that defensive intensity. Jimmy did what he could, but those guys weren't there with him, and that's why he forced his way out, and because of money reasons. But yeah. in New York, other things. 
if he can get these young guys to buy in on the defensive end, I could see that dramatically changing how the Knicks play basketball. And I think fans would love to see a team that brings it on defense and is actually in games. So I think that's a start at least. That's fair. I mean, I guess if you're the Knicks, you really can't hope for anything other than just not losing every single game. So, you know, I could see Frankie Smokes and Tom Thibodeau getting along real well. He might like Frankie quite a bit there. Yeah, he is. I mean, Barrett and Robinson are the only two real building blocks I see on that roster. Yeah, Kevin Knox kind of fell off. Yeah, we don't know about Knox. Uh, Frankie Smokes needs to learn how to play offense. No, not really. But (laughs) if they can land someone this year in the draft, I believe they have two first-round picks. I think they got the Nets first. Um, Who knows what they can do? I mean, it's going to take time, and hopefully he rides out that contract. So cautiously optimistic. I mean, better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's better than – the other names out there, I still thought the Fizz hire would have gone better. And yeah, it is what it is. Give him an opportunity. They gave him no chance. That's why I'm yeah. saying, surely this Tibbs thing. I mean, yeah. it's got to go better than that. Well, but I just, the new front office. That's why. That's true. That's true. There's been a lot of changes, but you've still got the one mainstay and Jim Dolan at the top messing everything up. Mm. But that is enough Nick's talk for one lifetime <laughs> or at least one podcast. Let's move on over to some of the scrimmages. We just got a week's worth of NBA games that were at a pretty high intensity level compared to what I thought they might be at. Got to see a lot of big name players really play meaningful minutes out there. And so let's just kind of go through what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't. Take it away here with what made the biggest impression on you. Okay, that's really tough because I have a handful of notes here. I think we're going <laughs> to want to talk about some of the th- same things. Yeah. Um, but let's start with the heavyweight teams. Um, the Bucks picked up where they left off. The Lakers looked pretty good. And yeah. I thought Dion and JR were very impressive for the layoff that they've had. So I think I... we should start right there. I completely agree. Dion and JR were at the top of my notes here. The game that they played most recently, a day or two ago, uh, without LeBron, without AD, mm-hmm. and they actually played a lot of minutes. Dion looked good, and JR looked really good, and there were some bad shots and too much dribbling, which you can expect, but altogether, I was very impressed. Way more impressed than I thought I would be. Yeah, and if you're a Laker fan, you gotta be like, you gotta be feeling yourself seeing the impact they made. Granted, it's scrimmages, but... We said we liked Caruso for his playmaking ability and ability off the dribble. Well, Dion looked like a decent little facilitator from what I saw. And obviously, he can get a bucket. And then JR came in immediately, gave them that shot-making ability that they're never going to get from Avery Bradley. And he's also a decent defender. So any, I mean, any riding off in the smallest amount that you would have done for the Lakers, I think you can just toss that out the window. They're definitely heavyweight contenders still. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, them being Vegas's front runner says it all. But I do think that missing Avery Bradley is going to hurt at some point. Same with Rondo, just for situational defense more than anything else. Yeah, sure, JR can defend okay, but do I really trust him communicating on the defensive end? Not really. And Dion did look good. I will give him that. He did a damn good job facilitating. I think he had 
something like 17 points and seven assists somewhere in that ballpark. But the only thing with him that I worry about is it's just too much dribbling sometimes. And I don't know how much LeBron is going to put up with of it before he's like, all right, enough of this crap. He's going to be on a shorter leash. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, definitely a shorter leash than these scrimmages. I'm curious to see how many minutes him and JR actually get, because I think it could be anywhere from three minutes a game to 25 minutes a game. I mean, anywhere in there. Yeah, and, and defensively, they could still go Caruso, Danny, Braun, AD, and Dwight or JaVale, and they're going to be, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the bubble. So I'm not really concerned on that end. They'll have a lot of options with rotations and kind of which group they want to throw out at different points in the game. So that's fair. You're probably not going to see JR Dion on the floor at the end of games, I would imagine, but I think they'll get minutes. They'll get 10 to 20 a game each. I would think. Yeah. And to switch it over to the Clippers, Lou Will, we all know the situation. Yeah. He just wanted some wings. He He just wanted some wings. So I heard a little bit of a spin zone on this saying how you could argue that was very selfish of him. And there's been guys who've had to leave the bubble for various reasons. Oh, yeah. People are crucifying Lou Will for this. And I think it's a little bit over the top. I was going to say, I haven't seen that much uh, crucifixion. And I think. You see Kendrick Perkins? You see what he I said? I mean, I saw There's what Kendrick a lot of said. Like he that. called him immature. But, like, be honest, if he got corona and he went back to Orlando and an outbreak came out, people would be calling for his head. I would yeah, be so would. pissed off. They, oh, 100%. I mean, I'm with you on that. But the thing is, the NBA would have caught it. You know, he's going to be tested 18 yeah, million gazillion so, times would. before they ever let him back in there at a stage where he could be spreading it. I mean, once again, we're not epidemiologists here. We don't need yeah. to get too crazy into that. But I just see it as like dude had been stuck in the bubble. He was probably having a crappy time with somebody relatively close to him dying. And whether he went there for other stuff or went there for wings, I mean, the dude screwed up. We're living in such weird times. Could you ever really say an NBA player is in the doghouse this much for going and getting some wings, regardless of where it was or if it's, you know, really what happened? Like, I just, yeah, it's, it's I such mean, a weird time. Like, I think people are reading too much into this and hopefully. he's got the longer quarantine. It's the equivalent of a suspension, pretty much. He'll be back in 10 days. It's no big deal. Yeah, I just think it's crazy. Apparently, Caruso skipped his sister's wedding to stay yeah, in the did. bubble. Yeah, he did. He did. He's going to regret that. I don't think so, because this could oh, be his great. He was on uh, Zach Lowe's podcast a few weeks ago, and it's yeah. one thing that they kind of talked about, like, hey, you've got this big event coming up. What are you going to do? And he had said, I have no idea. Like, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. But I don't blame him, man. This is his chance to really show out in these eight games and in the playoffs also and have a chance to get himself a pretty nice contract next summer when his deal's up. I guess. But back to the Clippers, Paul George looks the most healthy I've seen him since the Indiana days. I mean, smooth. Peace move, honestly. He looked like MVP candidate PG from the first half of his last year with the Thunder when he was just going crazy before the yeah. 18 million shoulder problems kicked in. Totally agree. Kawhi looks like himself. Uh, no Harrell or Pat Bev. They've been gone. So I don't really yeah. know what to make of them. But it's good to see the stars, I mean, balling out the way we know they can. 
Right. And Reggie Jackson, he looked really good for the Clippers. Morris looked good. I mean, you've also got Shamit there. They're just so freaking deep that a couple role players being gone for the first few games, it's not going to affect them. They'll be fine. Yeah. And then we go to Houston. James Harden put up 30 points in the first half against Boston's scrub players. Carson Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. And then Eric Gordon, who I think is the X factor for them in this playoff run, goes down with the ankle injury out two yeah, that's weeks. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. So you you wrote them off in your latest article. You said you think they're going out in round one. A hundred percent. And nothing you saw changed your mind. No, I mean it's scrimmage play that doesn't matter. Harden and Westbrook are awesome in games that don't matter. You turn the lights on bright. You put the pressure on. They're just not made of it they're just not going to get it done it's an exhibition game that means even less than the regular season these guys are great in the regular season we've seen it their whole careers it's the playoffs where they actually struggle so I'm I mean until I see them prove me wrong in the playoffs I'm not going to believe it I will say that round one I think they could take Denver and I think that they could take Utah they could take Utah if they got them but I think Utah's going to fall a lot a lot. I do too, but I do think an OKC matchup would be very, very intriguing. I think OKC could potentially pull that out. I think they will pull that out just because <sighs> Man, it's going to be such a mental chess match. I'm not sure if Houston could hang, and I'm hoping for a Houston and Denver matchup in the first round, whether it's the three and the six or however it would happen, four and five. I think that that is going to be big ball versus small ball. I mean, just to a T because Denver can throw at them. Jokic, Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Grant. I mean, Paul Millsap. You could, there's just so many different lineups. You can throw Bull Bull in there. Plumlee. I mean, Plumlee as well. You're going to have fives where every single five you throw out there if you're Denver is bigger than every single player for Houston that's on the floor. And so I think that that's just going to be awesome TV and a really fun series to see if the small ball can actually prevail against a really big team. That would be one hell of a matchup as well. I liked what I saw from the Nuggets. I don't think Bowl's going to play any meaningful minutes in the playoffs, though. Yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> he he moves, he moves so well. I mean, it was so impressive to see what he could do blocking jump shots all over the place. J.J. Redick, what he said about that. He was like, dude, just appeared. I had no chance. Yeah, I mean, catch and shoot threes. I mean, I saw him hit a jumper from the elbow off the dribble. All the talent is there, but he, he, I mean, there was all these knocks about his work ethic and everything. He does look just kind of like distant. I don't know what it is. Did you see that? Yes, and... I don't know if it was situational awareness or the fact that the guy is seven foot four and just has a hard time moving sometimes, but we're it making did seem emotion. Like, He's not yeah, quite the Y Leonard yet. No, he was kind of playing at half speed sometimes, but then he would have little flashes where he'd block a shot and then spot up and hit a three where it's like, Oh wait, hang on. Well, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. This guy still might be something. So I don't know. I was impressed to see his game as far along as it was because I really didn't think we'd hear much of Bull Bull for the next two to three years at least. Yeah, I mean, very positive what we saw. Do you have anything else on the West? Um, 
like not team necessarily. Wise. I want to talk about some players that stood out when we get towards the back half of this. Okay. Um, I didn't necessarily have anything with the teams in the West. Uh, Dallas was fun to watch. It looked like Luca was in pretty good shape. Didn't yeah. seem like he'd miss much of a beat. The rumors about him being overweight and all that seemed like nonsense at this point. And that's really it for the West. Um, I guess we could say John ja Morant, Brandon Clark, two of the best rookies picking up right where they left off. Yes, 100%. I mean, so impressive. Speaking of Brandon Clark, I just want to mention this before I forget to. Him, JaVale McGee, Andre Roberson, Steven Adams, Robin Lopez, Ben Simmons. There were so many guys hitting threes that I did not expect to see hitting threes. Folks and these scrimmages, did. yeah, these scrimmages were close enough to real game action that I don't get why they can't do it in a real game unless we're going to see that. So I think it's because there's no see. fans. I really do. I think it's the atmosphere, the intensity, no it's fans hovering over them. Yeah, essentially, they're just out there playing like it's pickup. But you so, know, with NBA rules. Are we declaring Ben Simmons a head case here? Is that where we're going? Did you hear <laughs> he went to a sports psychologist? Oh no! Yes, I he, haven't heard that. Apparently, I mean, it's he, probably good for him. Yeah, he went to a psychologist to get over this shooting thing. It, apparently, it's been all mental all along. Which what? Yeah, I don't get that. And I the mean, shooting I, with I, the I, wrong I, hand thing. I'd get the yips every once in a while playing sports if there are a lot of like you know like oh there's some girls in the crowd watching like I really got to make sure I hit this shot or something in middle school I know it's so much different but like dude you're an uh, NBA uh, player you make that shot all the time it's muscle memory just go out there and pull it if you shoot an air ball you shoot an air ball Russell Westbrook throws up one air ball three Kobe a game threw up like, air balls all the time yeah and he kept shooting so that's kind of concerning with Ben Simmons but he's still what 23 years old the guy's got time. Yeah, I mean, it was always mental with Fultz. He was like a 40% three-point shooter in college. See, I don't know about that one because he did have the shoulder issues, and that makes me wonder Free if throw. some of it was mentally <laughs> like, is my shoulder okay? Dude, if you're having shoulder pain and you go to shoot and your shoulder's like locking up on you or something, I don't know. There's I think that one's a little bit different than Simmons. A little like tweak to how your jumper looks to become a Charles Barkley at the free throw line. Okay, that is fair. But if you have massive rotator cuff problems, I'm going to give him a little bit more of an excuse. I don't know how bad the rotator cuff stuff ever actually was, but I'll give Markel Fultz more of a pass than Ben Simmons. What have we got with the East here? Other than Shake Milton and the 76ers looking pretty good. Yeah, um, Embiid sitting out. I think that was just precautionary. Not concerned yeah. about that at all. I heard that... He wanted to rest more during the regular season because last season he went so hard and injuries did accumulate because of it. So yeah. he kind of went the load management route this season, and I think he'll show up in the playoffs like the player we think he can become. Um, you think there's a chance that he gets rested in any of the first eight games? Like, are we going to see him for all eight, or do you think that Philly really might rest him a lot? Uh... It just depends if they're trying to match up with somebody. Yeah. Because I think I guess they it's can... all circumstantial. Yeah. I don't think they want to play Boston. I mean, they, they could... might want to because they could just bully the hell out of them. 
Yeah, but even then, I think Boston has enough talent that in a seven-game series, that might not work. Brad Stevens outcoaches Brett Brown any day of the week, too. Yeah, I mean, there's they could play the Pacers, possibly. The Heat would have to fall a little bit. I think they're going to go out there and try to win, definitely. And if Shake is starting at point, they're going to try to get continuity with that lineup, which I would assume would be their clutch lineup. Yeah, I don't know. That's just these eight games are going to be so weird because we've never seen anything like this. I have no idea if guys are going to take nights off. I don't know how strategically people are going to try to play the seeding matchup game or if everyone's just going to go out there and play balls to the wall trying to win. Yeah, I mean, I think the variance is going to be crazy, and we'll get to this later when we talk about our bets through eight games. Um, the Raptors, I don't have anything on them other than I think Norm Powell might be one of my favorite players to watch. He's, he looks he's, good. He's literally the dude from the YMCA who's so unassuming, and then he just gets buckets on everybody any which way. That is Norm Powell's game. He looked that, really good. With that T-shirt underneath, too. It was good to see him back out there 100%. Uh, one thing I forgot with the West, got to mention my sons, show them some love. Mikel yeah. Bridges yes. went crazy in that He's last He's the one I wanted game. to talk about. Okay, okay. Sorry to steal your thunder there. No, Joke, you're good. Jumping on a little bit. You're good. But what did, what did you think of him? Because I know we both were high on him coming into the draft, what was it, three years ago now, two years ago when he was taken? And he's kind of had a slow development. He's got Kelly Oubre in front of him. And I want to ask you, because Suns Twitter's got a lot of conversation going on. They're talking a lot. Is it about time to dump off Kelly Oubre and give Mikel Bridges the starting spot at the three next to Booker? That's that's really a big ask, especially with the season that Kelly Oubre had. Yeah, I, I agree. I, for one, am on Mikael Bridges Island. I was so high on him coming out of the draft, and he has not showed me anything really yet. But Man. this little run he's been going on towards the end of the season, and then these scrimmages, if we want to put any stock in them, he's starting He's starting to look like that guy, whether it's the defensive versatility, switching on to all types of players, and then the spot-up shooting. It's exactly what we saw at Villanova. I don't know where those skills went. I think it was just a comfortability thing. That and minutes. You know, When you get more minutes, yeah. you really can play your game out there, and you're not pressing every two- to three-minute stretch you get at the end of a game. Yeah, but, man, if he keeps playing like that, he needs to be in the starting lineup. He is the perfect three or three and D guy perfect for the modern NBA. Yeah. He's a perfect oh, yeah. compliment to Booker too, who has some defensive lapses sometimes. And Bridges is just so aware on the court and with such long arms, he's always getting in passing lanes. He's just always in the right spot. He's kind of like, I don't want to say he's like a defensive captain potentially, but like the guy is probably the best defensive player the Suns have and is going to be for a long time. And so I would love to see him out there with Booker because I think that it's just going to make Booker so much better playing with him. Yeah. And Booker, my God, he is <laughs> that dunk. He is unbelievable. Unbelievable. We need to get this guy in the playoffs. We need to get the Suns in the playoffs. Let's be careful with the way we frame that. I don't care what team he plays for. I want to watch <laughs> him in the playoffs, and I want to see him play the one next season. See, I 
I don't mind him playing the one a little bit, but I still think the Suns need a true one to come in and manage the game and run the offense and get Booker more looks spotting up, catching and shooting. So you're all in on them going point guard in the draft? 100%. 100%. I don't want a center. I don't want a power forward. I don't want any of that crap that we've done the last 10 years. I want a point guard of the future to pair with Devin Booker like we could have had in yeah. Luka. Okay, well, Rubio's fine, but I I got to say, yeah. I would love to see them do something like Booker, Bridges at the three, and then you get not necessarily a true point guard, but another kind of combo guard to play the two. Okay. So that Booker's still got the ball in his hands a lot because, I mean, he's so good scoring off the bounce. and right. even. In the pick and roll, him and Aiton could become something really good in the future. Yeah, so well on their way. Yeah, I mean, I want to see something like that. I wouldn't even mind if Halliburton would be perfect. Halliburton would be amazing. Don't get me too, don't get like, me too riled up on that one. That's the best fit. Lamelo. I wouldn't mind like a point forward or Lamelo. I don't want Lamelo, but yeah. I also wouldn't point mind forward. Yes, yeah, somebody a little bit bigger that can run the offense as well, but. Enough on the Suns, because I could keep going forever. I know that is not why most people are here listening. Kind of jumping around here, is there anything else on the East you want to talk about or any specific players that we haven't hit on yet? Um, No, I just wanted to talk about some of the young guys. We hit Bull. We hit Bridges. He was on my list. Um, Jonathan Isaac, another guy guy I'm on the island of. Yes. We need to get him to Oklahoma City. I don't care if it takes two first-rounders. And we could, honestly, I don't care what we throw them at this point. Like, throw them anybody except Shea, and I'm happy. Yeah, we were talking about this the other night. Like, what would it take to get him over here? Mm -hmm. Presti's got the war chest to make something crazy happen. He would be the perfect Jeremy Grant replacement who I still hate that we traded this guy is one of the most underrated players in the nba as far as i'm concerned he's going to be really really good by stocking him now yep he's just got to stay healthy yeah and i think he will i would love i i know thunder fans might not be too happy here in this but if we could get some type of trade to make the cap level out where we send over schroeder and a first because Schroeder's deal is almost up. We're probably not going to re-sign him. If we could send them Schroeder in a first or even two firsts for Jonathan Isaac, I would do it, man, because I think Isaac would be incredible playing the three or the four in a Thunder uniform. Yeah, I mean, it hurt me whenever you said that we should trade Schroeder, but it makes a lot of sense. He's probably going to want close to like 18 mil 16 and he deserves that we just are not in the position where it would be smart to pay him that no we we need cornerstones we're not ready to contend even though we're the four seed in the west or five and it just doesn't make sense with the window that we've got right now you know let's build around shea let's load up on young players that have endless potential and just see what we can be in three to five years Let's yeah. let LeBron and Kawhi and those Clippers and Lakers teams get past their prime because we, there's just no chance we can take them down in the next year or two. Totally agree. Last thing I want to say is just that Lou Dort and Andre Roberson are bringing it thus far. They look good. 
They look good. Having them in place of Ferguson, um, Hammy Diallo, he made some plays, but not against any starters or anything. Having those guys play the meaningful minutes at that position could really make a difference for us and make us that much more dangerous in the playoffs. So I'm happy to see that that three-year extension for Dort for $5.4 million. That oh, is highway incredible. robbery. Yep. He will get – or we'll get – absolutely every penny from that deal. oh like, yeah he will, he will provide so much value for that money uh one other thing on isaac i was watching that game that he just went nuts in his first game back in a while mm-hmm. and it was like an instant game changer when he checked in the energy he brought offensively and defensively and he just went on this crazy streak just making bucket after bucket and orlando went on like a 20 to 2 run it was just like holy cow like, why is this guy not getting 30 minutes a game putting up 20, 10, and 6 or something? Hey, next year, most improved candidate? Yes. He was on my list for this year. He just had the injury trouble and never yeah. really got the minutes. I think he's putting up like 13 and 5 or something. But that's all yeah. I got thus far from the scrimmages. Do you have anything else before we get into these bets? One last thing here. Who has the best strap in the league? Duncan Robinson, Davis Bertans, or Buddy Heald? Uh, hmm. Watching Robinson prompted that question because he just has a freaking yeah. super stoker. He's he's deadly. Deadly. Yeah, he is. I mean, I might even throw Seth Curry in there. I okay. I really like his game. Yeah, I do too. He looked good in those scrimmages. Speaking of great contracts, four-year, 32 mil from Dallas this last offseason. Bargain. People are going to be like, what the hell are we doing? But to answer your question, I don't want to say Buddy. He's more of a volume guy, not as efficient. I would... Okay, it was Duncan, Buddy, and who? Bertans. Bertans. He's got to be up there too. Tough question. Recency bias, I'll just say Duncan, honestly. That's what I said, too. There was a huge Twitter debate going on, and I was like, ah, I got to get in on this. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason he's starting. Yep. You would look at him and never in the <laughs> world, in any world, think that this guy is a lethal, lethal NBA player. But that he is, my man has a strap. Yeah, watching him at Michigan, you... I would have bet you any amount of money he was not going to be a starter for the four-seed Miami Heat a couple years later. Me too, man. Me too. Up next, we have got some picks for you on the remaining eight regular season games, trying to put a little bit of cash in your pocket. But before we get there, I'm here to remind you to check out our new YouTube channel. The name is just FanFuel Sports, and on there we've got all of our ATM roulette videos. We'll be posting everything we do that's got any video aspect on there. In the next few days, we're going to be doing some NBA videos, probably upload those on Sunday or Monday, so be on the lookout and now we have got the picks for you all right so i did a little bit of looking around on five dimes my home book it's been a long time but i was like hey they threw these odds up here i gotta give them a look yeah and first one i'm really liking the mavs over four and a half wins it's plus 100 so even odds yeah i mean that's just going five and three and 
their schedule here, they've got the Rockets, the Suns, Kings, Clippers, Bucks, Jazz, Trailblazers, and Suns again. So they should beat the Suns twice, in all honesty. Hurts me to say it. And the only two games they have that make me scared are the Bucks and the Clippers. And so I think that they get at least five of those, maybe even six. And I think Dallas could move all the way up to the four or five seed. Hmm. Okay. It's a lot to unpack there. Clippers really don't have anything to play for. Lou yeah, they, will be back. I mean, the Bucks also might be resting guys at that point. That's going to be their third or fourth to last game. They've got the one yeah. seed locked up. They might not even have Giannis out there or Middleton. Yeah, so I think they can get a win out of the Clips, Milwaukee, and Houston, definitely. And that's all they'll need because I think Kings, they handle business. Suns, twice, they handle business. Utah, Jazz, yes. they handle business. Trailblazers, they should handle business. I'm I'm not going to say 100% on Portland. They've got a lot to play for. They'll be like right in the middle of that push. Yeah, they will be. That will be a good game. Okay, so I'll say, yeah, I like that. Five? I think they can do that for sure. They and, can go five and three. That's what I'm saying. Especially okay. when you play the Suns twice. Yeah. All, All right. right. Peter's on board. I'm I with like this it. one. Okay, what, what are the others? All right, next bet. Clippers over the remaining eight games, their winning percentage higher than the Lakers. And it's minus 130. My reasoning on that, The Clippers cannot just coast. They cannot sit people, at least through the first four, because if they go 0-4, 1-3, you've got the chance that the Nuggets get right on their heels. And they don't want to drop down to the three. They're going to win some games, I believe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. something like that. And the Lakers are going to One and a half. One and a half. One and a half. Even more of a reason to play hard the first four or five at least. Maybe you lock up the two at the fifth or sixth game mark, rest some guys but they're so deep still think they could win and my whole thing with the lakers the lakers have the one locked up anthony davis had injuries in the past lebron he's getting old there is a good chance we see ad and or lebron resting some nights so i'm taking the clippers winning percentage over the lakers just because the clippers have way more to play for and i think they're just as good okay the Clippers have a guaranteed win over probably Phoenix and Brooklyn. That's two. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, I'm not ready, but they've taken care of them previously. Mm-hmm. Um, Portland, they have the defense to match up with those guards. Yeah, they're fine against Portland. I could, like, they're going to load manage if they're safe whenever they played Denver and then OKC in their last two games. Yeah, but I think that Denver one, they're really going to try to win because that could be a big swing if yeah. Denver somehow still is within striking distance and could even tie them or get half a game up. I think LA goes balls to the wall to make sure that does not happen. Okay. But the big one, I would say the huge swing in this is the first game, first game. or second game tomorrow night. Yeah. Because this is Wednesday while we're recording. Right. They play the Lakers. I just take care of business there, and that's a lock. Yep. Completely agree. If they get it done tomorrow night, absolute lock. And 
Not sure if we mentioned this at the top of the show or not, but first game tomorrow night, Utah and New Orleans. Zion is a game-time decision, so by the time you're hearing this, you might have word of whether or not he's playing, but hopefully we see Zion out there. Regardless, it's going to be a heck of an opening night. Yeah, 100%. And then to add to that, Lou Will's going to miss the first two games against Mm -hmm. the Lakers and the Pelicans. That's something to watch. Um, Whenever I look at the Lakers schedule here, it's obviously Clips, Toronto, Utah. That's a dub. Yep. OKC, Houston, Indiana, and Denver. That's Those are a, all losable games. There, yeah. There's no Washington. Losable. Great no word. Brooklyn, there's no Orlando. There's no Phoenix. I mean, those are all teams that can get you on any given night. Yeah. Sacramento at the very end. They could be resting guys. Yeah. LA could. Who knows? Their, their schedule's tougher. So I, I'll say I'm cool with this bet, but they need to win Thursday, right. opening day. And... I don't know. I like the Dallas one a little bit better, but okay. this ain't bad. Okay. This ain't bad. All right. And my third and final bet, I don't love the odds on this one, but you're going to be on board with it. Maybe okay. parlay this with something. Oh, it's got to be the Thunder then. <laughs> Utah, under four and a half wins, minus 185. Their schedule's oh. tough. I mean, it's not horrible, but you've got the Pelicans. You got the Thunder. You got the Lakers. You got the Grizzlies. You got the Nuggets. You got the Mavs. And then you have the Spurs twice. So those are going to be their easiest games against the Spurs. But this Utah team just doesn't have enough offense to go beat the Lakers or the Mavs or even the Nuggets or Pelicans, in my opinion, especially with Bogdanovich out. I mean, that's that's your second leading scorer, and that's your best shooter by far. If we're and they're, they're going to get the very best out of Memphis. Um, Dallas, yeah. that second to last game, too. Under they might get lucky, and the Spurs and might half. throw out Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, and some guys like that if they're out yeah. of it by the time they play. I mean, I think that's really the only chance they've got of having a gimme on the schedule. I like this. I like this a lot, I think. I can, right. I can see three wins, four I could see two, but it's going to be... There's just no way they get to five. No way yeah, in hell it looks, the Jazz go five and three. Five looks really tough. Really tough. That, that minus 185, though, I would like the little parlay. Maybe you take the Dallas bet alone, straight, and then yep. you take this also with the little sprinkle. Maybe half a unit, you throw that okay. in with Dallas take it again i don't mind that i think i might even sprinkle a little on the three of them part oh 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 gamble league is back real dangerous <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see might throw like five dollars on him or something there we you got, we go got bill coming up this week so uh we're adults now we got to make adult decisions yeah okay one question the what was it the eighth seed bet you sent me what happened to that yeah. Oh, I mean, that's that's locked in. That's a gimme. I didn't put that on here just because I figured everyone knew. Oh, well, Pelicans to get the eight seed. I've got them locked in at plus 240. I'm not going to lie. That is one bet I did make. I sprinkled a little bit on them. I've been on this a long time. Pelicans getting the eight seed is free cash. I mean, even if Zion does miss opening night, even the second game, it's free money. They have to beat them. They have to beat 
Memphis two times in a row. Yeah. But if you, I mean, if you really think about it with how strong they finished the second half of the year, if they get that playoff and get to a point where they are playing for the eight seed, they're going to win. I, I guarantee you there is no way in hell they lose that first game. And once they win the first one, it's over. It's over. Oh, dude, if they lose, if they lose against Utah, you're going to be crying. Even if they lost against Utah, it'll be fine. All right. They have such an easy schedule, dude. They Every single game they have is winnable. The Clippers is the toughest one by far. That's the only one that I'm like, ah, I might get got there. Others feel pretty good about it. Okay. I'm still saying watch Portland, but no, no, you sent me a bet that was like something or a play-in. Odds of oh, a play-in. Oh, yeah. You want to hear some BS? Yeah. So, so what happened with that? Because so I think I saw it the listeners I, should take that if it's plus. Oh, well, it's too late. So... I saw this bet, and originally when all the odds came out, like I'd mentioned earlier in the show, I think it was yesterday, I just went ahead and checked. I was like, well, let's see what we got here. And one of the props was for a play-in in the Western Conference, which is going to happen because there's already multiple teams right now that would be within playoff distance if the season ended. The odds were plus 240 for a playoff in the West. So I was like, oh my gosh, this can't be right. This has to be free money. Yeah, sent it to Peter and some people, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna throw a little bit of change I got sitting around on it right now because I mean that that's literally free money. And sure enough, wake up the next day to a message from Five Dimes on my account saying we've refunded the bet. It was clearly a wrong line. It was posted inaccurately, wow, which is complete fired. and total BS. Oh, that guy got fired 100 because I saw it at plus 240, then it dropped to plus 180, then it dropped to plus 140 then to plus 120, and then to even, then it got removed, then it got reposted at minus 700. So I was like, man, oh. y'all screwed this up bad. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which even at minus 700, if you're sitting on like 10 grand, sure, go throw it on the play-in because it's going to happen. Like it's a lock, but yeah, that was quite the drastic change in odds. Quite I was a little disappointed. Quite finger from that employee. He's ready for round two of Trump bucks here. <laughs> 100 percent. all right that is all that i have got for yeah. gambling if you want to see anything else about the pelicans and eight seed predictions and with how they finished the second half the matchups and all of that i wrote an article it should still be on the homepage. it'll be under nba uh anything under my name should be real easy to find on fanfieldsports.com it's got everything you need to know about the pelicans getting the eight seed Peter, what do we got next here? Do we want to go ahead and move on to NBA awards? Yeah, let's do it. So, let's run through them here. Uh, Actually, I'll just tell you mine, and then yeah, and I'll tell you mine too. Because are we going with like legit who it should be, or just like, hey, if I were casting a vote, here's who I'd send my vote for. When I get credentialed within the next five years, this is how I'm voting. Okay. Manif- I think they're going to take manifested. my credentials. They're going <laughs> to take my credentials before I even get them after they hear my picks here, but oh, that's okay. okay. Wow. Okay. We're going to do the individual awards and first team all NBA. Yes, sir. All right. Let's let's save all NBA. Awards. MVP Giannis. <laughs> Defensive player of the year, Giannis. <laughs> Rookie of the year, Jaw, obviously. Most improved. This is where it gets a little tricky. 
this is where it gets spicy. Bias is coming into play. Devontae Graham, we can talk about this one here later. Sixth man of the year. Dennis Schroeder, we need to talk about this one as well. Coach of the year, Nick Nurse. So really, I think just those last three we need to talk about, and then maybe a little on MVP. It's ironic because I think I agree with you the most on the last few than I do the first few. Um, Just going to put it on the record here. I'm not a Giannis hater, but I'm a Giannis hater. So I get a little tired of the the media just shoving him up everyone's arse, and it just gets old. No, no. Zion is so different. Giannis has not won anything, and so... I know it's regular season awards. I 100% get that. But my thing about when MJ gets all these awards and LeBron or Kobe, they were winning. That's the thing. They were winning in the playoffs, even if they didn't get a ring that year. Regular season award. And it's a bullshit thing. Okay. It is. And it should not be a regular season award because he does not deserve back-to-back MVPs when he hasn't even made the finals yet. I'm sorry. You are clearly not by far the best player in the league two years in a row if you can't make the finals. So Your hashtag with that being team said, narrative. Sure. And with that hashtag team narrative, I'm picking LeBron for MVP. Wow. Because oh, the media shows LeBron James down everyone's throats. <laughs> It's different. It's different. He's the one seed in the West, okay? The Lakers are plus. Their plus minus is plus 8.4 when he's on the court. It's minus .01 when he's off the floor. I know Giannis's spread is a little bit bigger than that, but it shows the Lakers actually are a losing team just barely when LeBron's not playing. And Giannis's usage percentage is also 37%. LeBron's is 31 I know that's not a massive percent, but Giannis is just constantly being used in that offense more and lebron can have a couple possessions in, the, in a row high player. but the thing is part of lebron's value comes from him being able to facilitate and run the offense and step back and still score two or three possessions in a row without having to just dominate the touches i feel like anytime the bucks are on a run or doing anything productive it's because Giannis is just manhandling the freaking ball you're and yeah, making that's awesome. all the you're making all the points for him to win. I just don't think the guy deserves it. And yeah, I know he's gonna win it. Like I'm saying this just because I am reluctant to say he deserves MVP and defensive player of the year. I know he's gonna get both. Like it's darn near a done deal. I just don't think he deserves both. If he were getting some accolades outside of regular season awards, if he was doing the same thing in the playoffs, even. I mean, the thing that really bugs me is He's not producing the same numbers and not as effective in the playoffs. And that's when it matters the most. I don't think he deserves defensive player of the year and MVP, maybe one or the other. So with that being said, I cast my defensive player of the year vote for Marcus Smart. And I have all right. no factual basis or statistics to back it up because <laughs> all of the honestness were better. I just want to make that pick and give my man some love here. Rookie of the year. Wait, can I Got- can I get a rebuttal on MVP if Oh God! I, yeah. Come on! I saw you, I saw you looking shit. Stuff on the, I'm just because I just I have no stay. actual basis for this other than my opinion. I mean, there's no statistics, nothing I can really throw at you here. I just okay. don't want to see Giannis win again. You, you think Toronto's good? You really like the Heat? You like Philly? All these teams are really good, and the Bucks have been significantly better in the East, which has been 
way, way up from what it has been. So it's still that, up, but it's not the worst. They're they're also one of the best defensive teams ever statistically. He needs to get recognition for that. And then I think the biggest point in this MVP debate is if a couple young kids are walking down the street, they see Anthony Davis standing next to Chris Middleton, they go, oh, it's AD. Who's your friend, AD? Because they're not going to know who Chris Middleton is. And AD outscored LeBron and is the second best defensive player in the league this season. Listen to this, though, all right? If you were to swap AD and Chris Middleton, you put AD on the Bucks. The you Bucks put Chris would win Middleton a ring right now. Sure, maybe they would, but Giannis wouldn't be MVP and LeBron would be. LeBron would be putting up 30, 10, and 10 a game, and Giannis's numbers would take a significant dive, offensively and Fair. defensively. Yes, 100%. That's my only rebuttal there. That's why Steph won an MVP prior to Kevin Durant coming, and then none of them got any recognition for it after that. Totally agree. Yep. Uh, so that's my only other argument there. And my biggest takeaway here, why is this a regular season award? Like, can it not just be all year long? <laughs> they, yeah, they need to fix that. They do. I got and nothing you can else on have, MVP. <laughs> you can still have a finals MVP too, but just like, please, let's fix this. Let's fix it. All right. Yeah. Moving on here, rookie of the year, as I was going to say, I would love to give it to Zion, but with these eight games not counting and the hiatus happening and everything, it's Jaws Award. He's got it in the bag. Six man, I'm with you on Schroeder. I've got that also. I think he deserves it. I love Lou Will, but he's got enough awards already. He's won it so many times. What Schroeder's done for the Thunder is so impressive and so important. So got to mm-hmm. give it to him. Most improved. This guy deserves one award for something, whether it's Defensive Player of the Year or I don't know. I'll give know him something here. Man out of bio. This man has been awesome. His improvement has been incredible. He has gone from a bruiser who is really just thought of as a dunker and shot blocker. I mean, he was seen as DeAndre Jordan at best. This guy has turned in yeah. to one of the most, just one of the most pivotal, influential multi-tool players in the league. I mean, he can do it all, and he is a big man that looks like he'd be a freaking sumo wrestler darn near. Like, he's massive. I mean, the guy is just (laughs) minus the weight, but he's incredible. And so, Bam Adebayo, most improved player. And then to finish it off, I'm with you on Nick Nurse. He's my coach of the year. Okay. So, I let's not even talk about DPOI. Yeah. Most improved, I'm going bias with Devontae because he only played in 46 games last year, and then and he put up 4.7 points per game, and then he goes nuts this year, puts up over 18 for the Hornets, shooting 38% yeah. from three on nine oh, over nine what attempts. Was, what was his field goal percentage from the floor, not from three? <laughs> not very good. But most improved, whenever you score 13 and a half more points than you did the season before, your name deserves to be in the hat. So I just wanted to that talk about fair. him. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And kind of the way I see it, sure, Devontae Graham did probably make the biggest jump. Like he did improve the most, but I think Bam's improvement and his growth is more impressive. Impact. Yes, and it's on much more impactful team. on a playoff team. Yeah. I mean, he is... He is running that Miami offense with Jimmy Butler, and no one saw that coming. So 
I, I know people really didn't see Devontae going as crazy as he did this year either, but Bam's numbers are just so freaking eye-popping that I've got to give it to him. Yeah, the other two guys who, I mean, most people are talking about, Brandon Ingram taking like a six-point jump for the Pelicans. I think Zion coming back hurt his stock in this award a little bit. Yeah. Wasn't quite the same player. Still really good. Still a great weapon. I think they need to work on that fit together. And then Pascal Siakam, I mean, he won it last season, but he went give it to him back to back years. He went from sixteen point nine points to twenty three point six. He's the best player on the Raptors roster. That's fair. He also had the goat uh, leave his team in free agency, but and he picked up a lot of his slack. He did. He did, and I will give him the credit there. Just very, very impressive stuff from Siakam. Yeah, it's really been a fun year for the whole most improved player category because it's usually not this wide open where you see this many guys have yeah. such impressive seasons compared to the year before. And not to mention, we didn't even get a full season, so there's no telling how the last 20 or so games would have turned out for some of these guys. They might have just kept improving and kept getting better. Mm-hmm. And then six-man, Lou Will, Harrell, you could put both of them in there. They come off the bench together and play starters minutes. They both scored just a fraction of a point less than Schroeder did. But I yeah. think even without those guys, the Clippers are still a really, really good team. They tinkered with lineups all season long, but they have a lot of good players on that roster. And Schroeder has been a part of the best clutch lineup. 29 clutch wins is three more than the next best team in the NBA. I'm giving him the nod. He's been so impactful. That Thunder three-guard lineup of him, Chris, and Shea, I'm giving him the nod just because of that. I completely agree. And I kind of was torn between him, Lou Will, and Harrell. And when I thought about it, if you take Schroeder off the Thunder, they probably lose a lot more games. Oh, yeah. You take Lou Will or Harrell off the Clippers, even both, they're probably fine. So I give it to Schroeder just because, like you said, it's way more impactful what he's done. 100%. Um, throw my guy Norm Powell in the top five voting for that too. Uh, if he was healthy, maybe. <laughs> Coach of the year, got to give it to Nurse. Talked about this on Roulette. Same amount of wins without Kawhi through right. 64 games as they did this season. Other it guys, should be unanimous. Yeah, I mean, it's, in my opinion, it's not going to be. I mean, like Billy and a couple other guys are going to get some votes, but yeah, this should be unanimous in my opinion. I had Spo and Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, I like both those. I thought about Spo, but I was like, ah, they do have more talent than some of these other teams, and he's done it a lot. You know, it's not like yeah, Nick Nurse, where it's like he's come on the scene the last couple of years, and holy cow, Nick Nurse has these guys poised to make another run in the east you know with miami and swolster it's like ah you know you got pat riley you got spo there like they're always good i just think with i mean nunn and duncan robinson having the balls that's a, that's a good point. to start them i don't know if you can give him points for the development of bam but he definitely I mean, gets a little bit of credit yeah that's just a heat thing honestly but i i just wanted to mention him and then taylor jenkins First year coaching from the Budenholzer tree, has the Grizzlies as a playoff team, has a rookie of the year on his team. I mean, that team is not very deep. Valanchunas is great. 
Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, Java, they do not Dylan have a Brooks lot. Is relied on way too heavily. I like yeah. Brooks, but you shouldn't be needing him He's, to go get he you can't 20 be plus a playoff points. starter. Right. So, but, I mean, more credit to him, more credit to Jaw. You know, what they've done is really impressive. Yeah. Did you have anyone else? Billy? Yeah. I mean, you got to lump Billy in there. I just still am not the biggest Billy believer in the world and think Chris Paul deserves just as many votes as Billy does for coach of the year because yeah. let's be honest, that Chris Paul impact is bigger than the Billy Donovan impact. I mean, our record is better this year. <laughs> we lost Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Maybe Russell Westbrook should get coach uh, of the year votes from <laughs> perspective. Addition by subtraction. 100%. All right. Are we ready Let's for our NBA awards here? Just first team. We're not going to take too long on this because we could go forever. I'm just going to rattle off my five guys here, and you should have at least four of them the same, hopefully. They're and probably the we'll same. Kinda, we'll see where they stack up. So with the small ball, kind of unconventional lineups going on, I don't have a true center on here. I'm just going to start with that. I've got Harden, Luka, Kawhi, LeBron, Giannis. Okay. Giannis can play. Is it, we got a difference in there? I So you can vote LeBron as a point guard this year. The NBA changed it up a little bit. They're more flexible with the positions. Smart. As they should be. Um, I have LeBron, Harden, Luka, Giannis, and Anthony Davis. At Get center. out of here. He, LeBron wow. and AD don't deserve to be on there without Kawhi. Man, Kawhi only played 51 games. I've heard some people have Kawhi over Luka on the first team. Luka played more games than Kawhi. He carries that snubbed. team. He carries that Luka team. Snubbed. Yeah, I'm with you. That was my first initial thought when I was doing this. I was like, Luka's on here. That's a lock. I don't care if I got to leave Harden off. I'm putting Luka right, on yeah. here. And I know you can't. I mean, I'm being dramatic. But my biggest fear is that Luka does get left off first team All-NBA because it's just going to be tough to get all these guys on here and even have some people like Jimmy Butler where it's like, man, he's got to be up he'll there. He'll be on you know, one at of least them. Second team. Yeah. yeah. Him and uh, he'll probably be one of the guard spots on the second team. And That's what I would think. With Kawhi or Luka, whoever gets snubbed. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul's going to make probably second team. Yeah, second or third. He deserves it. And then Bam, I think, will probably be the center for either second or third team. But that's tough. Jokic is I think Jokic is a lock for second team. Yeah, you've got Jokic, you've got Embiid. Embiid. So it's it's tough. You're gonna have to you take Rudy one Gobert of them out. Too. Yeah. I mean, Rudy Gobert doesn't deserve it just based off just kidding. But um yeah, that's tough, man. That's really tough. That's why they need to make it completely positionless to where top fifteen players. Yeah, honestly. I agree. Hundred percent agree. All right. Any other final thoughts here before we bring it to a close? Anything going into opening night that you're looking forward to? Um, I want to say tough for Brad Beal. Scored over 30 points. Not going to make an All-NBA team and didn't make the All-Star game. John Wall, get well soon. Help the man (laughs) out. Um, Other than that, meaningful basketball is back. Thunder up. Thunder up. It's back. They're, they're doing the damn thing. Let's go. 
go make your little future bet on the Oklahoma City Thunder at like a hundred or one to win the finals, just to get your yeah. blood pumping. Just might as well. Why not? So, just to do it. That's all I got. We better get this bad boy out there. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll be back next week. We got some videos coming later this week. Going to talk some hoops, talk about what we've been seeing in these first few games. But NBA is back. Let's get it. Yes, give us that five star. Tell your friends. Thanks very much. Peace.